0: Welcome to the Flying Solo Podcast, a show for those going it alone in business. If you're working solo or have dreams of starting up, you'll find support, inspiration and advice at Australia's largest and liveliest small business community. Find us at flyingsolo.com.au or join us on Facebook. Here's your host, Robert
1: Gerrish. Hello all and welcome to another Flying Solo Podcast. My guest today is is Roger LaSalle, CEO of Matrix Thinking, a company that specializes in innovation training and helps corporations and individuals create, market, and commercialize products and services. Past Chair of Innovation at the Queen's University in Belfast, Roger's systems and processes have been licensed in 29 countries worldwide. He's spoken with the Flying (coughs) Solo community before and joins us today from his base in Melbourne. Hello, Roger. Thank you so much for joining us.
0: Uh, good morning, Robert, and uh, lovely to be with you once again. I'm looking forward to
1: this. Oh, that's good. Well, look, so what I'd love to uh, get your help with today is this whole topic of disruption. Now, I don't know about you, but I find the whole word whole word... Um, oh, I just getting a bit bored with it but there is no doubt that everywhere we look every business is being is is being confronted with disruption so what i'd love to get your help with and i'm sure it's something that you're coming across is as small businesses how do we kind of get ahead of the game maybe even disrupt ourselves before somebody else does what do you what do you reckon
0: well look it's an interesting topic uh, we, we've seen the Ubers of this world and we've seen the uh, what, what's happened with the media and the internet and so on and the cinema industry with television. Uh, disruption's not really new. Mm. Um, the only thing I think that's changed the game a little is with, uh, with the IT uh, revolution, I guess, things can happen a little bit more quickly. Um, having said that, I'm sure Uber took probably five years to develop the software and mm. probably another five years to refine it and, and you know, et cetera. Um, I think the difference today is that the communications and people finding out about these things happens much more rapidly. But it doesn't mean to say you have to do something that is just, uh, you know, like uh, like an Uber or an Airbnb mm. to have breakthrough disruption. And, and as one, an example I give in Many of my talks on how simple this can be. And, you know, so it doesn't have to be that earth shattering to be okay. disruptive.
1: So, what's the example you've got?
0: Well, where would you like me to start? I'll, I'll give you a real classic example <laughs> sure. I often use the axle. Mm-hmm. I mean, the axle for, for, for um, um, a wheel completely yeah. changed the world, the helix screw thread changed the world. Um, the, the one I like to use and demonstrate in my uh, workshops is, if you've, uh, I'm sure you've had the occasional pie and sauce at the footy, and you, sure. you get the little fold back squeezy sauce dispenser thing packs. You know the ones where you yeah, uh, the rip one the that, lid
1: off. And, the one that gets it all over my shirt. I know the one.
0: No, no, no. Well, it's one that gets all over your shirt, maybe because you're not doing it properly. <laughs> You've seen the one that's got two little uh, cylinders, I guess, and you sure. just squeeze it back and it squirts the sauce out. Yep. Now, Robert, the aim is to aim it at the pie, my friend, not yeah. your shirt. Sure. <laughs> no, look, actually,
1: okay, well, I've got another bugbear, but I'll get to that in a second. All right, carry on.
0: But that, I mean, that just completely revolutionised that that industry. Mm. And, but you know what? I, I and I've been I've just been to many countries in the last couple of months. I have never seen that product outside
1: Australia, which just blows that, me away. That's incredible. Yeah. Now, Look, the one that gets me, true. the one that gets me, and I'll, and I'll move us off this is that little milk carton you get on the plane with your tea. Mm. Can you ever open one of those without getting a little squirt of milk all over your fingers or all over your shirt? I mean. Someone well, needs to do something with that, surely.
0: Well, I've already done that, my friend. Oh. I've already done that. I did a workshop with a, with a company some years ago, and you know, nothing... I, this this actually speaks to what I've developed, a, a product that I um, use extensively called an Opportunity Matrix.
1: Mm, we spoke um, about that last, my, last year, I think.
0: Yeah, well, yeah. the Opportunity Matrix asks you to observe things in, in, in people's behaviour. Mm. Now... It is exceptionally simple to stop that thing squirting when you open it. Um, I don't know if you know this. See, people don't don't people don't observe.
2: Nice.
1: If you ever
0: if you ever buy your greeneries or whatever at the supermarket and you, you put them in those, those grey bags, yep, you know the you know grey plastic bags. Sure. Those bags breathe; they are not airtight. Right. And you can actually buy bags that will breathe different different um, uh, elements, you know, oxygen or nitrogen. You can actually buy bags that have got selective molecular breathing. Okay. Now, my simple solution to this uh, aircraft issue, and it certainly is one, there's no doubt about it, is to make a barrier seal at the top of it that breathes at 10,000 feet. <sighs> Because the milk is packaged at ground level, or close to, yeah. and at 10,000 feet, which is the aircraft pressurization level, except for the the new uh, Dreamliner is supposed to be 8,000 feet, feet, or I'm, I'm talking feet, I guess, <laughs> uh, in meters, or feet. It's 8,000 feet, that's the Dreamliner. Yeah. And the theory there is that that lower pressure will make you feel more like you're on the ground and less likely to have jet lag. That's their theory. That's their marketing spiel. Maybe Mm. true, don't know. Okay. But so why don't we just put a barrier seal on the top that breathes at 10,000 feet?
1: Fantastic. Well, look, that's it. Simple. Yeah. Look, it's uh, I'm sold. Uh, Please, please, (laughs) please please get it. (laughs) Different container line. (laughs) Yeah. But look, let's just go. Let's go back. So you're giving some great examples of businesses that have solved some unique or you know products in this instance that have solved or could solve some quite unique sort of instances and can therefore be somewhat disruptive um, by the mere nature that they do something so sort of innovative. But let's go back to that first. Let's imagine you're in a small business, a very small business, and you're just a bit concerned that doing things the same way is not going to serve you going forwards because everything around you is changing, whether it's the the way your food might get delivered on a Saturday night or the way that the tradie who comes to fix your drain pipes suddenly has new technologies and things. Everything around us is a lot of things are changing so as that business owner sitting there thinking i need to change but i'm not sure what to change where would where do you start rather than waiting until something kind of disrupts you or nudges you how can we or is is it even possible that uh, as individuals we can go okay i'm going to work out where my business needs to go to be this new kind of business how do we do that
0: well, look. It, one one of the one of the problems is that um, you've got to actually be in a business to explore the products and the way it, it goes to market and what they're selling and the way the products are used. Mm. But there is a general principle, and it's a general principle that I teach. But once you get into the business and apply those principles, then you can start to find that. But but I mean, I, I guess you can only do it by example. But um, the only thing I could say without, with 100% certainty is there is nothing we do or use today that's going to be the same in 25 years. Mm. Um, so if, if that's the first thought I like to embed into people's minds. And once they come to grips with that, then they say, right, well, now let's not wait 25 years. Let's think about tomorrow. What are we going to do that's different? So then we have to explore the market and the products we sell and the way people interface with our products, and different ways of getting our message to those people, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And there's got to be a system to do that. Now, I don't think there's a general answer to your question. Um, there's not a. There is a one size fits all matrix that I've developed that I think works.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But I and I could give. I, mean, I could give you just so many more examples.
1: Well, look, let me. Let, I mean, let me just stop you there for a sec because you've already within what you just said there is a there's a there's an answer there which is what you said is well the first thing we've got to do is sit down and look at kind of every aspect of our business where we interface with our customers was a point that you were kind of suggesting i guess how we you know deliver our product or service where we get our products i guess the first thing from what you're suggesting is you first need to kind of pull apart your business and look at every aspect of it and then I guess the challenge is to then drill down and go okay let's look at customer interaction you know or maybe customer onboarding like how do we start with a new customer and, and say okay what are some things that are happening in the whole onboarding horrible word onboarding process what can we yeah, gather I'm yeah. is that it, I mean that's I'm guessing that I, with your matrix that I'd love to go through if it's one that we can we can kind of do orally like this. Um, but I guess that that's where you start, is it not? With your businesses, is is you you just got to pull apart every single bit of your business, haven't you? You're up, you know. Well, that's
0: true, but 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 um, yeah. And and do you know, there's a thing doing the rounds these days. It's flavour of the month at the moment: design thinking. Yes, of course. Uh, you may you may have heard the term. Yes. Well, the the. I think the fundamental pillar of design thinking is find out what the customer wants. Well, you know, I don't think that's rocket science. Um, The question that needs to be asked is, how do you do that? Mm. How do you find out what the customer wants? And the answer I've got is possibly different from what many other people might suggest. I I don't ask people what they want because they don't even know what's possible today. What I do is observe the way people interact with whatever it is I'm offering, mm. and because that's how you then find the opportunities by observation. And so the, the the thing I teach is how to observe and what to observe, and I can again give you many examples of of some products that have come in this this very day. In fact, only only last week I was with a company that makes um, cooktops, you know, for for benches. Mm. Um, literally within half an hour, we had a stunning, stunning new innovation that um, we that I've now got a, um, some people working on to see if they can actually do this. We know how to do it, but to see if they can do it at the right price point.
1: He can um, they tell us what na- it is.
0: Uh, no, I'm afraid I can't at this stage um, because, no, I can't. Right. But the bottom line is it was simply a matter of sitting down with the CEO of this company for half an hour. We explored the product, explored some of the issues of its use, and then the light switched on and we said, what about if we did this and suddenly, wow, if we can do that, well, I've now got people. This only happened a week ago. Right. I've now got someone says, I think I know how to do that. So what do I do? Is I work with the people, we find the opportunity, then we, uh, I've got a huge network, and then I find the people who I know specialize in this sector. Mm. They're now working on it. I don't have to do anything more now. They'll come back to me when they've cracked enough. We've got an immediate route to market, something we can patent and it's going to completely change that industry. Well, look, And it's that, so simple.
1: It's ridiculous. Well, look, that's, that is fantastic, and I, I'm delighted for you and that company. But again, just, is it, is, I mean, if you had not gone into that person's office, and if that person had not been receptive to that kind of conversation, presumably you wouldn't have, in your normal course of events, been spending too much time thinking about cooktops, and the individual, she or he, would not necessarily, <coughs> excuse me, have given too much thought to um innovating in cooktops. So is that correct? Right. So is is the fact. And again, bearing in mind we're talking here, you know, our community, are people working by themselves. So it sounds like the very first point is that we've got to talk to somebody else. We've got to talk Absolutely. with someone else. Is that right? Absolutely. Or yeah, okay. So we can't innovate and uh have these thoughts by ourselves.
0: Well, we can. We can. And and, I mean, we can, but it's not ideal. And uh, in fact, I was doing a workshop just a week ago in a company. And this company is doing extremely well. They have one day a week. It's called Innovation Week. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sorry, Innovation Day. So they have one day that's called, you know, Tidy Up Day. Another day is called Marketing Day. And so they've named the days of the week. And one day is called Innovation Day. Yeah. And they, so they get together for an hour or two on that day, and say, "Let's look at what we're doing. Let's look at our products. Let's look at our customers, and let's come up with an innovation today." And they do that once a week. Hmm. And okay. it, it, and you sh- you could well include your customers in there. Um, you've got to, with regard to IP issues and so on. Sure, but you've got to make it a process and you've got to have a system. And um, But that works. That yeah, works. Okay. It's very hard to sit in a darkened room and dream up an idea. But I promise you, guarantee, and I've done this in workshops. In fact, what I did in a recent workshop, just shows you how simple this is. Mm. Um, I said to everybody, I'll show you a product that hasn't been innovated for the last 30 years. And I drew it on the, on, on the whiteboard. And you know what it was? It was a sewing needle. Now I said, a sewing needle. Right. Now I said... I've just made the statement, there's nothing you can't innovate. And we had a group of about 24 people. I said, okay, I'll give you one minute to innovate the sewing needle and solve its biggest problem. Well, I'm telling you now, within less than a minute, someone was up on the whiteboard drawing a better sewing needle that solved the number one problem, which is Mm
1: -hmm. threading it. No, okay, yes, of course, yes, it is.
0: Yeah, well, guess what? (laughs) Less than a minute, someone drew a better sewing needle on the whiteboard.
1: Okay. So the the, the thing that's happened there is somebody, in your case, you know, I'll call you Captain Innovation because I'd just like to think of you bounding into a room with a cape. So you come in, (laughs) you're Captain Innovation, you say we are going to, people know that the purpose of this meeting is to innovate. So again, I guess therein is another sort of solution. And I love the way that this company have, have Innovation Day. So perhaps then, as as uh, as solo business owners, as soloists, we need to have an innovation day, and we need to invite. Assuming that we're not necessarily going to get Captain Innovator to come to our office, but we can get a friend, a colleague. Sounds like we can almost get anybody, as long as it's somebody who is prepared to join the challenge with us. And in some ways,
0: have the have the conversation. Yeah,
1: yes. Do you find that your um, lack of knowledge of an industry is a is helpful i mean when you go in you i, I think you suggested you didn't necessarily know much about cooktops but um what do you find that helpful as as an innovator yourself if you go in with a clear mind and no sort of preconceived ideas of what's possible is is that a beneficial thing
0: no i don't think it no i don't i oh, really okay. do not i really do not but I, look i have to say mm. that um Being, and this probably doesn't apply quite so much to the IT space, but being a technologist or an engineer with experience in just about every business sector you could imagine, it certainly helps um, when you're thinking about these things and it doesn't narrow your thinking, broadens it, because you start to realise what's some of the issues um, that that are, you know, you, you understand stuff better um I, I find that helps quite frankly, yeah, some of the stuff i do i don't think I would be able to do it if i wasn't an engineer with experience experience many many industries
1: yeah okay well that that's i've got to tell you that surprises me i didn't think you'd say that um but i mean i'm 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 pleased and i and I guess some of it may be the fact you've put your whole career into this, so it would be um, perhaps <laughs> uncomfortable to suggest that you didn 't need to have any of that industry knowledge, but again what i 'm doing is i 'm i 'm just thinking trying to be a devil 's advocate here with our community i 'm thinking that if a business owner um you know in in their office their home office in many cases calls a friend in who may be you know let's let's imagine that that person is a let's come up with an industry i haven't used for a while a, a graphic designer so the person the business owner is a graphic designer the person yes. they call in has no knowledge of graphic design other than they are an occasional buyer of graphic design mm. services yes are you with me so in that sort yep. of instance I would have thought, again, if, if, if the sort of the theme of the meeting was this is an innovation meeting or an innovation yes. day or an innovation yes. lunch, that as a customer of that service, that ought to give that person quite a good insight, don't you think, to play a useful role to pull apart the designer's business?
0: Yes, I agree, and yeah. um, and, and you're right, um, and you don't have to be an engineer. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, I've done a lot of work in banks and insurance companies where engineering doesn't apply, um, and with some astonishing marketing, some astonishing marketing outcome. But if I was a graphic designer and I pulled somebody in who was occasionally the user of graphic design, I'd say to them, do you know, I, I know I've worked with graphic designers. Do you know what I find most often with a graphic designer? Do tell. Um, we go to the graphic designer, give them the brief. They do something that they think's terrific, and then we tell them to move this to there and this to there and change this color there. And, this. and essentially, all the graphic designer ends up doing is becoming your hand. Mm. Do you know what I mean? They're putting your thoughts where you want them and you, and, and you're not taking advantage of their insights. Um, so if I was a graphic designer, and I wanted to innovate my business. I would say, look, I'm going to come up with a, uh, a portal, and I'm doing instant innovation here, mm. that gives you a million little uh, pixels that you can just, you know, m- move with a mouse on, not with a mouse, with a with a um, uh, a pen or a cursor um, to different spots and um, spots on a, um, a tablet, and say that's roughly what I want it to look like. Now go and make it look beautiful. Mm. That. I, I presume you can probably do that today i haven't seen the latest in graphic design yeah but i guess that's the one thing i'd be saying let's make it easy for the customer to communicate with me by setting out the blocks better well yeah okay the and
1: that's that, uh, there's a, a large part of me having spent a good part of my career uh, as a sort of management within graphic design <laughs> that uh, mm-hmm. that wants to uh Put my hand down the phone, or the phone line, and, and grab you by the throat and say, "No, that's not how you work with a graphic designer." But that's okay, because the truth is, if there's an industry that's really being disrupted, it is the graphic design industry, and there is absolutely, you know, there is uh, there are services like Canva and others where basically it's allowing people to do their own stuff. But for the, I'll say this for the graphic designers listening who are still reeling with shock um, at the at the concept of. Of, uh, of a situation whereby they're told to move that, change that colour, which is understandable because, unfortunately, that's the way the industry, to some degree, has shifted. But um, my belief still is is that there are, and I think we're seeing this through disruption, is there are different um, people positioning in different different places within the graphic design industry. And to my mind, my ideal graphic designer, if I give them the right brief, is somebody who comes back and says, no, that shouldn't be blue. That should be green. And his why? Um, then I don't want a graphic designer who will let me just change the colours and move things around. But that's a whole different discussion, all right? So we're not. But I
0: agree with you yeah, entirely. Okay. okay, I know. And, I, and I'm a victim of that, not a right. victim. I'm a culprit. Yeah. But I get a graphic designer. They give me their stuff, and I say, "Nah, I don't like it. I want it like this." Well, yeah. you know, why didn't you do it yourself? You're
1: Yeah. <laughs> Well, look, I remember years ago in, on the other side of the world being in i'd worked with uh, one particular graphic uh, organization that let 's say were quite sort of malleable you know if, if the client said, "Move that here and change that there," we kind of did it and then I moved up a rung to a, a, another group that 's turned into a, a massively to this day a massively successful agency in the very first meeting I had with them the creative director i will never forget this was in the meeting the client very big client the um, chief marketing officer of a of a company that was comparable in size to Optus in Australia, so quite a big organization. Right, and the terrific. yeah, and the and the um the the chief marketing officer said, you know, I want to change this to this. And Ian, I never forget him. The creators stood up and just said, we don't change stuff like that. You're not employing us. To tinker for you, you know. I forget his exact words, but he said, "We, you're employing us to consult and recommend. We recommend this. That's what. That's our recommendation, and we're not changing it." Now, did you want to talk about anything else, or is this the end of the meeting? (laughs) I sat there completely dumbfounded. Anyway, I'm digressing again. But look, so no, no. Well,
0: you're not actually. There there Mm. was a movies that was something like that actually, and and I have to say, it takes a brave person to do that. Mm. Um, and someone who's got plenty of work I guess. And and these days there's so many so many graphics. I've got a friend who passed away um recently, but the bottom line is he was one of the traditionalists who used a pencil and a pad and mm. and, and beautiful sketches and renderings. But as soon as the Mac computer came out every student of graphic design was suddenly mm. hanging out their signals as the a graphic designer mm. and so those people that's what that got disrupted by the macintosh really didn't yeah. it well yeah. just like the cameras the phone has disrupted the photography industry
1: sure well look and i guess you know what we're doing here and I, and I i i'm having a delightful conversation i do hope our audience agreeing we're meandering in different directions but i guess what we're really showing is this is what this is what disruption feels like. And I guess as businesses, what we have to decide, clearly uh, sort of quite early on within um, any any process of innovation, is, is, is to say, okay, when you start to pull things apart, is I guess as business owners, we have to say, okay, do I want to go down that path and turn into that sort of business? Uh, or do I want to go this way and kind of try to step above it? Um, you know, either you step above it, you step below it. You know, there's various, I guess what, what innovation does is it, sh- is it gives us more opportunity of, of kind of positions to take. Does that make sense?
0: Well, I, I guess so. But I, I think the the message I would deliver is that um, if you're not innovating today and finding better ways and better ways to move your customers' products, services and processes to a better place, mm. you have a lifespan of, at best, Ten years and probably five.
2: Yeah, okay.
0: Um, li- literally, that's my the message I deliver to people. You've got five years to move to the next space; otherwise, someone will move into it. Mm. And so I've, you know, look in my opportunity matrix. I just have identified the five things I look for in people and in in activities. And I can, I'll quickly just. Yeah,
1: please, please.
0: Second. The first thing is, I, I try and look at what. I try and look at predictable activity. If I can predict what someone or some group of people is going to do, I can position myself to take advantage of it. I then look at widespread activity. There's no point investing, inventing something or developing something for a small market. Make sure the prediction you've got is widespread enough to have a significant market. Mm. The third thing I look for is what's repetitious about that market. Because if something's predictable, widespread, and repetitious for a large group of people, Almost without doubt, I can see where that's heading, and I can find out how to intercept that opportunity. Okay. Then, the next thing I look for is the trends. I try and look at the trends in 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 an industry and where it's heading, and you can often extrapolate trends. And rather than trying to make a leap of faith into the future, extrapolate to where you think it's going to go. Um, And the next, the last one is uh, comparison. I compare industries. And um, you know, I mean, if you can, you compare um, uh, sharks with ordinary swimmers, you'll find sharks have got special little fins on their skin that makes them more efficient. Well, how come they're so efficient? Well, woo, those fins make them less, you know, less friction in the water. So we compare people and we compare things. I just did a session with a um, with a tea bag. You're not going to believe this. We innovated the tea bag.
1: What?
0: Um and I simply compared the way someone makes a cup of tea in a teapot with a cup of tea in a tea bag. The group, oh, I had a group of people, said, "What's the difference?" They identified the difference. I said, "Right, you got one minute to solve the problem," and they did. They did. We we've got a completely new tea bag, which is stunning, and you know the cost of it, zero. The hmm. improvement costs nothing. Gosh! Simply by comparing these things, that's complete change of the tea bag game. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's fantastic well we covered tea we covered milk it's you know it's getting near that time i think but look the the five i love those five sets so predictable activity widespread activity repetitious activity so again this is observation isn't it um, correct and then looking at the trends. what are the trends in those areas within your industry yes and then yes comparison so is that comparison with others in the same industry or is no it, not necessarily no? okay
0: compare look at look at wing tips on an aircraft mm. that's by comparing aircraft wings with with eagles yeah okay. eagles have got wing tips those wing tips on aircraft can make the difference between an airline making a profit and loss wow. because of the efficiency gain of the wing now yeah. that's by comparing one flying machine with another oh, what's the difference why is yeah. it like that oh
1: well
0: so I don't I I don't know who's li- like
1: who's listening to the to this podcast precisely at this moment but I think anyone from an airline industry, they've now got a tip on a wingtip or, you know, a hint on, on what to do with wingtips. We've looked there's a better tea bag and there's a way of stopping that milk thing. I think we've actually innovated and disrupted the airline industry today on this <laughs> Maybe well, I have
0: done. So I actually did a session with Qantas some time ago, and in fact, I identified many of the aviation inventions that were actually created in Australia, believe it or not. I think the wingtip may have been one of them. Mm. Uh, distance measuring equipment was an Australian invention. Um, the T-VASI landing system for aircraft landing lights was an Australian invention. There's a number of airline inventions that we went through with the Qantas gig, but yeah. And I'll just tell you, if I know where it's time to finish, That's but let right. me just give you this one. Sure. When I was doing the session with Qantas, hmm. we had all, this was the engineering stuff, we had about 150 people in the room. I said that when I was finishing, I said, look, folks, I'm going to predict what your single biggest problem in, in, in oh. air, aircraft maintenance is. I'm going to make a prediction right now it'll be the AV system and most likely the headphone interface on the aircraft. <laughs> and everyone said, they're all nodding their heads in agreement. And I said, well, how did I predict that? I'll tell you how I predicted because that's the most common, predictable, widespread and repetitious activity um, of, a, of a person interfacing with an aircraft. And based on that, I can suggest that's going to be the most likely problem. Oh, and they said, you're me. right.
1: Well, and that's how you do it. Yeah, and look, that's a lovely way to illustrate those five steps that you just spoke about. With that, That, that's fantastic. Thank you so much. So, look, um, Roger, we want to find out more about you. Where's the best place to go?
0: Well, you can, my website, I've also got four books. I've got a book on this uh, this particular subject called Think Next. It's about the opportunity matrix. I call this Opportunity Capture. Hmm. Um, my website's, um, if people just look at innovationtraining.com.au, they'll find me. Okay. And, um, yeah, and look, I, I love the conversation. I'd love to do it again um, in another year when you're ready. I yeah,
1: okay. And look, are you still um, moving around the country, around the world, doing presentations and TED Talks? I and go so
0: overseas on? almost every month. I've just come back from England, Ireland and Poland and Got my off. next gig is in Fiji and then the next one is in... Um singapore and i've just been to Colombia, and i'm going back to Colombia later this year doing a lot of work in Colombia. we've now got software we're putting all the matrices in the cloud where people can actually access them and network them within their business
1: that's to awesome. um
0: share ideas in their
1: business and build on them and that's going to be available within a matter of weeks brilliant well look the next plane you're on just you know cut me in for 10 percent of that new milk dispenser <laughs> okay <laughs> good on you mate all right roger thanks so much for joining us thank you thanks robert see you bye
0: And that's where we'll leave this show from Flying Solo and your host, Robert Gerrish. We'd love to receive feedback, even a brief review for those listening via iTunes. If you're planning to start a business or rejuvenate the one you're in, check out our bestseller, Flying Solo, How to Go It Alone in Business. It includes everything we know about working on your own. And of course, we invite you to dive into the resources and supportive community at flyingsolo.com.au.